0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, you do not expect. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you're going to speak to us through it. We thank you, our oh Lord, for being able to praise and glorify your name through song in preparation for this word. We ask that you will speak to our need of you this morning and that you will give us what we need to hear. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So have you recovered from Thanksgiving? Most of us would say, not exactly. Still have turkey leftovers, still have food coma hangover. But the good news is that you're just in time to get ready for Christmas. And once all the Christmas parties and celebrations and plays and meals are all done, you get ready for New Year's. And once New Year's is over, you get ready for spring. And it could keep going and going and going and going. Have you noticed that we're always getting ready for something else? Even as we're in the middle of something, we're always mentally and emotionally and spiritually kind of preparing for what's ahead. We're always thinking ahead. Some of you right now are thinking about what you're going to have for lunch. You're thinking about your to-do list for this afternoon. You're thinking about your to-do list for the week. You're thinking, I really need to get that Christmas tree up. You see, we're always thinking ahead. It's one of those things that we always do because we're always trying to figure out what's going to be next so that we can be prepared for it. The only problem with that is that it makes it very hard for us to live in the moment because we're always obsessing about what's next. We're always trying to plan ahead. In many ways, we have learned that life is more like a game of chess than checkers, in that you have to be thinking about three or four moves ahead. You have to be planning ahead if you're going to be strategic and if you're going to be successful. Opportunities have to be seized, decisions have to be made, and all of those things require preparation. You've got to get ready for them, right? Thanksgiving meal did not just happen, right? You had to prepare for it. You had to plan for it. In our scripture today, Jesus is talking about his return. He is talking about this because his disciples were planners. His disciples always wanted to know, where are we going? What are we doing? What's next? Part of the reason for that was because Jesus was more spontaneous than they would like him to be. He would at a moment's notice tell them, okay, we're going to cross the lake. We're going to cross the sea. We're going to this village. You go ahead of me and do this. And they were always kind of freaking out about this. Because they didn't always have time to prepare in their minds for what was coming next. So they asked him, they said, when, 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 you're talking about leaving us, which we don't like already, but you said you're coming back. When are you coming back? Tell us so that we can prepare, so that we can be ready. And Jesus responds to their question by saying, only the Father knows the answer to that question. Only the Father knows the day and the hour of my return. Only he knows that. You know, in a way, many people still want to know when Jesus is going to return, but not for the reasons that you might think. Many people want to know when Jesus is going to return because they treat Jesus' return more like a stock tip than anything else. If I can just get in right before he returns, I'm going to make it in. And they look at it as an opportunity to just come in at the last moment. And I really believe that God the Father did not reveal to us when Jesus is going to return because he doesn't want people just to come at the last moment, but he wants people to come to a knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is for them as the Savior of the world and to live that out in their lives and not just to put it off till the last second. I think that's really one of the reasons why the Father has kept this information from us much like he has kept our date of death from us. You know, the scripture says that we're not guaranteed tomorrow, that our life could be demanded from us at any moment, that any day could be our last. The scripture tells us this not to scare us, not to intimidate us, but to encourage us to live each day in a way that makes it count for the kingdom of God. To leave each day with the knowledge that we need to make each day count for the kingdom of God. Jesus explains just how unexpected his return will be by comparing it to the days of Noah. Most of us know this biblical story, right, of Noah. God tells Noah to build an ark when there wasn't a drop of rain coming from heaven. He had him build it not on a lake, not in a river, not in a body of water, but in the middle of nowhere, on dry soil. And the people that saw Noah begin to build this ark made fun of him. Said, you crazy. There's not even any of water near here and you're building an ark. And Noah said, I'm building an ark because God told me to And you see, when God told Noah to build the ark, he was so specific. He told them what materials to use, what dimensions it had to have. He told them what what materials to use to seal it and to make sure that it would work as an ark. And he told him everything he needed to do. But the one thing that God did not tell him was when he was going to have to use it. He didn't tell him when the flood was coming. He simply said, build it. Get it ready. Prepare yourself. Because I'm going to send a flood. Well, you know Noah wanted the people around him to be saved. He told them, "God is going to is going to send a flood. I'm building an ark for a reason. I'm building this with a purpose. God has told me so." But the people did not heed his warnings. They didn't understand that they needed to do anything to get ready. Instead, the scripture tells us that they went on ignoring all that Noah told them. Ignoring the huge ark that was being built right in front of them. Ignoring the fact that Noah was warning them of what was about to happen. Noah entered the ark. And you know, it's, it's amazing because the scripture tells us that God himself had to close the door, it was so big. That God himself had to seal it at the end because it was so massive. And then the rains came. And the people were just going about their lives like nothing was going on. And it wasn't until the floods began to rise and to sweep the people away that they realized that Noah guy, he knew something we didn't know. And at that point, it was too late. They had missed their opportunity to prepare themselves for what was coming. It was so unexpected and sudden. It was overwhelming, and it was so obvious to them at that point. But isn't that the way things are always in hindsight? When you look back and you go, oh, duh, I should have known that. But at the moment, they did not pay attention. There was no denying that the flood had come or that the ark was the only safe place in existence during the flood. And Jesus was telling his disciples, the coming of the Son of God is going to be in the same way. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to be obvious. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that that I'm the Lord. It's going to be obvious. It's going to be visible. There's not going to be a place on earth where people will not know that I have returned. It's going to be so obvious at that moment. And the only safe place is going to be with me. The only safe place is to be with Jesus. He represents that ark that saved Noah and his family. Jesus explains that on that day, two women will be grinding meal together and one will be taken and the other one left. That two will be in the field and one will be taken and the other one will be left. What was Jesus telling them? These women were doing the same thing Both of them were grinding meal. They were doing it together, even. So it's not about the activity that they were engaged in when Jesus returns. It was not about what they were doing when Jesus came back. Clearly, there was something else that was being checked in order to determine which one was taken and which one was left. Clearly, God was looking beyond their actions to see what was in their hearts. The clear definition of this was that one of them was ready to go because they believed in Jesus and the other one was not. One was prepared and the other one had not confessed their sins and received forgiveness. One believed in Jesus' promises, the other one did not. Jesus is warning his disciples because he doesn't want them to be left behind any more than he wants any of us to be left behind. Jesus tells them, I want you to keep awake. I want you to stay alert. In other words, I want you to be prepared because when that day comes, it's going to come all of a sudden, and if you're not living every single day in a condition of readiness and preparedness, you will not be ready for that day. You will not be ready for that moment. In the military, they have they use that term readiness to signify a condition in which they are prepared at any given moment to be deployed to go to war. It means that they have all the resources and all the things that they need ready and prepared to go and do what they need to do. Jesus was telling his disciples, you need to be completely prepared for that day. And I kept thinking about this preparedness and readiness, trying to think of an illustration that really could capture what Jesus was trying to get at. And the closest I came to was the suitcase. Anytime we travel... Most of us use a suitcase or a backpack or a duffel bag, as you heard the kids say. We use something to carry our stuff, to prepare ourselves for the trip. My son Miguel, as you all know, is autistic, and whenever we're going to travel, we can't just tell Miguel, jump in the car, we're going to Florida. We're going to go stay in a hotel. He loves hotels, by the way. Spoiled, rotten. He hears hotel, he's already in the car waiting. But we can't just tell him we're, just, we're leaving right now. We have to prepare him to travel. We have to give him advance notice. And the struggle for us is knowing when to tell him. Because one year we made the mistake of telling him a month in advance that we were going to visit the grandparents for Thanksgiving. And when we told him that we were going to be visiting the grandparents for Thanksgiving, Miguel took his suitcase, went to his room, emptied every single drawer that he could into his suitcase, got as many toys as he could pack, and put it next to the door, and said, I'm ready. And we're like, buddy, we're not going for a month. So we went to sleep, and the next morning, he stood next to his suitcase. I'm ready. And he did this for a whole month. Every single day signifying, I'm ready to go. If you want to go now, I am ready to leave this very second. In fact, we don't have to have breakfast. We can get it at the hotel. (laughs) Let's just go right now. I am ready to leave this very moment. Is today the day that we're going? This is what living in a status of readiness is all about. Miguel was always ready and is always ready to go to a hotel. Are we always ready if Jesus comes back to get us? When we finally told Miguel it was time to leave, he beat us to the car with his suitcase Nobody could be faster than him getting that suitcase in, strapping himself in and saying, what's taking you all so long? He was ready the moment he found out that a trip was taking place. And Jesus was telling his disciples, the minute you find out that I am coming back, you should be ready, you should be prepared, you should be living your lives in a state of readiness and preparedness that says that every single day you're already living the kingdom of God here and now that is to come for you. You see, Jesus didn't just want us to be looking forward to the kingdom come. He wanted us to bring the kingdom of God here and now on the earth. He wanted the will of God that is done in heaven to be done on earth. He wanted us to be his ambassadors to the world, telling others that this day was coming, that Jesus would return, and that all those who believe in him will be taken on this wonderful trip, on this eternal trip to heaven. Jesus wanted his disciples and all his followers to understand the importance of living each and every day in a status of readiness, alertness, because he didn't want anybody to be left behind. You know, one of the amazing things of Jesus is that he wanted everyone to be saved. He wanted the people that crucified him to be saved. He wanted the people that beat him to be saved. He wanted the one who betrayed him to be saved. He wanted the whole world to be saved. And he knew that the only way that they would be is if they knew him as Lord and Savior. He knew that the only way that they would be saved is if they had made peace with God. And the only way to make peace with God is through the blood of Jesus that was spilled on the cross. Through the forgiveness of sins that comes to our faith in him. You see, what gets checked in order to determine if people go or get left behind is our heart. It's whether or not we have Put our faith and our trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It is a check of the heart to see if we have invited Jesus into our lives to be the master and the ruler of all things. It is a check of the heart to see if we are willing to live every day for him and not for ourselves. It is a check of the heart to see if we are willing to bring about the kingdom of God even if it costs us something to do so called to stay vigilant vigilant, and awake is because we don't know when he's coming, but we know he is. We We have this joke in our family sometimes around Thanksgiving because we all arrive whenever we arrive rather than in a particular time. But we all know that we will arrive. We all know that we are coming to Thanksgiving. We all know that we're going to get together for that meal. But because we are all in Latino time, some will arrive by lunch, some will arrive by dinner, and some might arrive at midnight, but we will all arrive. Jesus says, stay vigilant, stay awake, stay paying attention because it is not if I come, but when I come. It is not a matter of if I return, but when I return. And this is not the first time that Jesus has told them to be ready and prepared. You remember how many times Jesus tried to keep his disciples awake in prayer? To be preparing themselves for what was to come next? How many times he told them parables about the need to continue to pray unceasingly, to continue to prepare themselves spiritually, to dress in the full armor of God, to prepare themselves for the challenges ahead, to receive the Holy Spirit, to be empowered to do the work of the kingdom. He was always trying to get us ready for what was next. Because Jesus wants us to be prepared. So what do we know? Because we don't know the time of the date that's been established. Only God the Father knows that. What we do know is that Jesus has made a promise to return for us. And that this promise is faithful and is true. That we can trust in his word that he will not leave us or forsake us, that he will be with us till the end. What do we know? We know that he doesn't want us to be left behind. What do we know? That he wants us to be prepared and ready. What do we know? That he doesn't want us just to pack our bag and be ready to go, but that he wants us to invite others to be on this journey with us. That he wants others To be able to know Jesus Christ. So that when he returns, they're not left behind either. What do we know? We know that Jesus came to save those who were lost. And you know, if you've ever been in an airport, you've seen people walking around like a chicken with the head cut off. Not knowing exactly where they're supposed to go. Well, the reality is that there's a lot of people around us that are walking around spiritually just like that. They're walking around hoping somebody will give them direction, hoping that somebody will share with them that there's grace and forgiveness and mercy in Jesus Christ, hoping that somebody will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, that somebody will give them a word of encouragement and a word of hope that they're hoping that somebody will stop in the busyness of their life, in their to-do list, to be able to tell them that Jesus came for them too. See, packing to go means accepting the forgiveness of our sins that we have in Jesus. But it also means offering that grace to others too. Telling them that they too can receive that grace, that forgiveness that redemption, that they too can prepare themselves for Jesus' return. We have to be ready and willing to answer when he calls, to give when he requests it, to fall in love with the kingdom of God and with its righteousness and not with the kingdoms of this world. We have to learn to put Christ first. Because the things of this world will pass away, but His Word will not pass away. His truth is eternal. His truth is what we bank on. As Christians, we know that the Scripture tells us that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are passing through. And I don't know if you've ever gone on a trip or you were just passing through somewhere. You keep your bag with you and you keep moving because you know you're not at your final destination. You still have a final destination to arrive at, and it's not here. It's up there. If God called you home today, are you ready to go? Are you packed? Are you prepared? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you made peace with God through the cross of Jesus and through his sacrifice? I pray that you're packed and ready to go. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for inviting us to be prepared, to be prepared to share your word, to be prepared to be your witnesses in the world, to be prepared to go with you when you return for your church. God, we just thank you for the promise of eternal life that comes to us through Jesus Christ. We thank you that we don't have to earn it or deserve it, but that it comes through our faith in him as our Lord and our Savior. We ask on this day that it will be well with our souls, that we will be ready and prepared for when that day comes, and that, O oh Lord, every single day we will confess with our lips that Jesus is our Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.